Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. PHLY Eagles podcast on a Friday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, and a special guest as we are just 48 hours ish away from the NFC Championship game rematch. Kyle Shanahan's number one fan, the professor himself, Dana Selman. Thank you for joining us. So, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I mean, we got you in studio. We, we, we've done shows awesome. before. We've never is, done a show together live. It is before. beautiful here. Like it is. It's awesome. It's uh, it's so good. Yeah. We had a chance to uh, play a little ping pong beforehand. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. We won't talk about that. Zach, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited for the show. Great to see Professor Selman. The last time the three of us were together in person, Paul McCartney was there. Today <laughs> we have true. today we have Bree and Julia, which I think is an upgrade over Paul McCartney. I agree. Uh, so excited for the show. Excited for the. This is a big week, Eagles Niners week. Uh, there's been like a lot of buildup for this game. We're reaching the crescendo now. The game is Sunday. And then all of a sudden, after the game, you turn around, you got a huge game against the Cowboys next week. Then you got a flex game like this. This this gauntlet just keeps rolling. What did you think of the game last night, Zach? I thought that the Seahawks put themselves in position to win. They didn't do enough to win it. I think Dallas is legitimately good. I think the Eagles sneakily, not sneakily, is sneakily the, 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 the word? Sneakily is a word, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the Eagles sneakily need to kind of win this game because I, I think if they lose this game, next and next week's going to be tough in Dallas, and, and then anything can happen. Now, I, I know the schedule gets light for the Eagles thereafter, especially those last three games. Now that the Cardinals released Zach Ertz, that's an easier game on the schedule, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a way to tie in the yeah, let's, news. Let's, you know what? I know that I am in between you guys, so I can break up a fight, but I think we should probably not bring up the Cardinals head <laughs> no, coach no, yeah, on this yeah, episode. No, we're, we're, 
we're moving past Jonathan Gannon. Uh, you had to say his name. You know. I mean, the city's moved on to Brian Johnson, it seems like. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone has a Super Bowl. Like, this is clearly the 49ers Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is the only Super Bowl they will they will play in this year. <laughs> um, and for me, like, I mean, it's, it won't be the only Super Bowl for the Eagles, but the but the Jonathan Gannon game. <laughs> yeah, that might be, that might be my That might be Nick Sirianni's Yeah, I'll be, I'll be at the stadium extra early for that one. So Yeah, yeah. New Year's Eve. That's right. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, so what I think of, of the game last night, I think the – I think the Cowboys are a really good team. And I think Dak's playing at an exceedingly high level. CD Lamb's rolling right now. Uh, the Cowboys are tough. The Cowboys are, are, are tough. I keep hearing how much, how like tough the AFC is. It's going to be hard to get out of the NFC too because the Niners, the Cowboys, those are legitimate, legitimate threats. Well, we'll get to the, the Stone Cold Newsman in a minute, Zach, but I, I think uh, we should use that to ask the professor about one of his his expertises and one of his mm. crusades, and that is like getting the correct tiebreaker information out there. Yes. Uh, so yeah. so so go ahead. Tell us like if if it is that the Eagles were to lose these next two games, mm-hmm. what are like what are we looking at tiebreaker? Right. So the thing that would happen immediately when the Eagles lose the next if the Eagles lose the next two games. In the standings that you see online, Dallas will look like they lead the division. And the reason will be they will be tied, and the head-to-head will be tied, and Dallas will be 4-1 and one in the division, and the Eagles will be 3-1 and one in the division. So technically, it'll look like Dallas is ahead. But rest easy. Even if the Eagles lose the next two games, they will still control the division. If they win the rest of them and finish the season 14-3, and three, the division record would end up tied at 5-1. and one. The record versus common opponents, which is the next tiebreaker, would also be tied. And it would go to NFC record. And because one of the Eagles' losses is to the Jets, which is an AFC team, okay. and all of the NFC, all of the Dallas losses are to NFC teams, the Eagles would still win the division. So even losing the next two games, the Eagles can still win the last four and guarantee the division. Now, obviously, losing the next two games, the Eagles would lose control of the one seed, right? Because San Francisco yeah, would have head the head-to-head. Head. Right, exactly. It feels like I, I, I mean, I know that, this is an interesting insight into you because uh, usually the thought of them losing these next two games. No, I, be, I mean, yeah, look. But I'm an, you I'm care a, even more about the correct information yes, being disseminated. Yes, I'm very into logic and, and, and if-then statements. Um, st- stating an if-then statement does not mean that you think the if is going to happen, right? So right. I, I do not think the Eagles will lose the next two games. The Eagles have lost, what, two regular season games <laughs> with Jalen Hurts in the last right. two years. Like, I don't think they're going to lose two in, in, uh, in eight days or whatever, but... Um, if it happens, the Eagles will still be in control of at least the the uh, the two seed. Okay. Well, yeah. well, it's important to keep that in mind. Everybody, get off the ledge. Uh, we should. By the way, we should tell our new listeners because the sickos all, all know <laughs> Professor Selman. Yeah. But the new listeners, Professor Selman, is an esteemed professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, and I don't know about esteemed. I am. <laughs> I am a professor employed by the uh, university. And. One of the smart, maybe the smartest Eagles fan out there. Uh, wow! He watches games with a critical shots fired at Rich Bobby with a critical <laughs> and informed eye. He keeps meticulous notes, and if you follow him on X, formerly Twitter, however we, I, I don't know the best way to frame Just call it. Twitter, it Twitter. okay? D e n i z s e l m a n three three. Okay. Then you will be you will be treated to advanced stats that he maintains and the best, the absolute best, and I'm not just saying this because he's here, the absolute best postseason scenarios and like he just outlined that you can find anywhere. The NFL sends me a weekly email with all the scenarios. They should just send Professor Shellman's handle. 
Yes, I have been saying that for 20 years. Yes, so for sure. Um, <laughs> for 20 but, years, you've been saying the NFL I've been, should send I've your handle pre Twitter. Well, no, but you know okay. they should just listen to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you, Zach. That's uh, that's very flattering. Did you feel like that was? Did he did he cover? Everything there? Well, occasional feuding with uh, national media types. Okay. You might see okay. as well. But uh, but yeah, no. For the that makes that yeah. makes you more of an appeal to Bo, <laughs> less of an appeal to me. Right. No, yeah. Depending on what you're into, yeah. you know, occasional. Yeah. Uh, yeah occasional Should we get into feud. the Tim Settle, uh, or we'll save that for a no. Time. That's okay. That's okay. That's more of a one-sided thing. You know, I, I, it doesn't mean that much to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, lots going on. Yes, lots going At on at the Novacare Complex. Zach, uh, tight end news, both. Theoretical and tangible. Hmm. Why don't you let us know what's going on with the Stone Cold Newsman? Give us the updates. So Dallas Goddard was on the practice field today. A matter of fact, a, a few minutes before practice, Nick Sirianni had his news conference. Would not reveal much about Dallas Goddard. Then when we get to the practice field, he sees us. He sees us. And when I say us, the assembled media walking onto the field and screams over to us that I'm not going to tell you. Beep. He can say it on here, can we? Okay. Uh, you like to work I mean, you Luke. do all Go the ahead. time. Yeah. yeah, okay. He's like, I'm not going to tell you shit, right? Which is fine. You know, he, he was messing with us. He's joking. Uh, he said, you just have to see for yourself. And we saw for ourselves Dallas Goddard out there practicing. And what a difference it made to see it for yourself and not be told it 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> so Dallas Goddard, uh, who, has the, who had the fractured forearm, he had surgery. You know, he had a plate inserted. He was told when the injury occurred. Four to six weeks. He heard that as two to three weeks. He's applying a little Aaron Rodgers. He needs to get uh, his ears checked. A little, no, he's doing a, a, a little Aaron Rodgers uh, science or positive thinking, however he's you want to frame it. To dolphin sex sounds? That's, well, a, that's on you. You're whatever, the, whatever it that's takes. That's what the Aaron Rodgers, I mean. Uh, uh, so, in, in any event, <laughs> he was out on the practice field today. Uh, speaking of him in the locker room afterwards, I, I asked, like, what's the. What's the risk in playing? And, and what I meant is, could you re-injure this? And he said he, he doesn't think re-injury is the risk right now. He actually thinks because of the plate that was inserted, and I'm not a doctor, I just play one on the PHLY Eagles show, that because of the plate that's inserted, it's actually stronger than it was before. It's, it's, it's a like matter... A, it's like a classic uh, wrestling trope, pro wrestling trope. Like if a guy gets a, a steel plate uh, inserted in his arm, all of a sudden... It's, it becomes a much more powerful clothesline. Yeah. I, I'm not a pro wrestling guy, so I'll defer to you on that one. Um, I just told you. Yeah, I prefer sports that aren't scripted. Uh, oh, okay. Ooh, you got to check out Lucha Libre in, uh, in Mexico City sometime. As, as the one exception. To, Lucha Libre? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. What's Lucha Libre? It's basically pro wrestling in Mexico. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, next time I'm in Mexico it's City. It's incredible. Uh, I, yeah. I think the Eagles might be international next year. I'm hoping Mexico City, but maybe it's like a Germany or a London. Mm. We'll see. Maybe a Brazil. There's a lot of great possibilities. Uh, yes, there's a lot of the world out there, as you as you told us when on your "If I'm Roger Goodell for a day." Yes. Okay. So looking forward to that that Eagles Commanders game in Doha. In Doha, yeah, that'd be great. I would love to go to Doha. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Let's get back to Dallas yeah, Goddard. Yeah, so back to Dallas Goddard. Uh, so he said he, he took what he typically does on a Friday today in terms of his workload, and he's hoping that he's going to play, but he says he has to meet with the doctors. I, I don't know if this is going I, to – I, we'll find out actually maybe during the show what the official status is. It very well might be questionable. I do think it's in the air, but I'm not ruling out that, the, that there's a possibility here. Okay. 50-50? What do you think? Give me your turkeys. 
Let's go 45, no, 55, yes. Okay. And but, you think if he plays, he's a full? Or is or is this like he's on the field, but it's uh, they're, they're just sort of dipping their toe in? They're trying to make Steve Wilkes think? Yeah. No, I think he I don't know. I feel like the fact that he didn't practice until Friday, mm-hmm. and it's only a very small part of practice that's open, and they can sort of parade him out uh, there. I'm not 100% convinced. Gotcha. But, I don't know. You tell me. You're the reporter. Yeah, but as a reporter, I want to report. I, okay. I don't. I do. I don't do conjecture. Okay. Uh, now I do when I'm on here. I'm a personality. I'm a non-air personality. On, on you're a personality on, everywhere you go on the PHLY show, and so I try to kind of give informed analysis. And my, I, I, I think he's going to push the play. It's ultimately going to be uh, what the the strength level is there. Um, I don't think the game plan will be an issue, like the fact that he hasn't practiced until Friday. Um, I, I, I certainly I think it's it's conceivable. I, I'd be very confident he'll be on the field next week against Dallas in Dallas, but uh, I, I don't have a strong lean one way or, or another. I did say, and shout out to Sunset Shaz, a loyal listener, loyal viewer, um, who acknowledged that I said a few weeks ago that San Francisco might be in play. And I still think San Francisco's in play. Okay. Well, you said he's going to be out there next week against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Will his predecessor also be out Ooh. there? Dynamite transition. Good work. So Zach Ertz was, uh, he requested his, his release per J.J. Watt, uh, the outstanding national reporter that he is. No sell. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so, J- so Zach Ertz, Wants to play for a contender. Now, he has to clear waivers. My guess is he does clear waivers. Uh, he has, I think, $2.5 or thereabouts remaining on his Cardinals contract. It would behoove a team to just let him go to free agency. Then you can bring him in for a visit. You can see how he is health-wise. You can sign him to the practice squad in that event. Uh, one, of the, one of the cheapest things I've ever seen from the Cardinals organization, making Zach Ertz pay this week's game salary so that they would release him. Is that what they did? Yeah. Really? Well, if it was it was it was disseminated information wise as if it was like Ertz's suggestion, like this is how badly he wanted to get out. But somebody like, had Rappaport tweet that, which is that is like who who's that coming? That from? That is pathetic. You guys know this stuff. Like who's who's that coming from? To Rappaport? Is that from Ertz's? No, I think it's probably from Ertz's. To camp. make it seem that, like he's uh, you know. Oh, that is pathetic. Yeah. I mean, come on. He's it, paying to go to a contender, basically. Yes. This is how badly he wants to be on a contender. Is, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and that's assuming that he clears waivers. Right. Um, which he will. Which no he will. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. So, I have a piece up on allphly.com uh, where I, I, I kind of went through the fact that the, the numbers suggest that Zach Ertz is not the player who left Philadelphia. Certainly not the player that he was in 2017, 2018. Lowest yards per carry. Like uh, I'm, I'm sorry, yards per catch. His A dot's not very good. Um, even his his like catch percentage is, is not exemplary. They've they've certainly moved on to Trey McBride. Um, that said, the Eagles have uh, an undistinguished group of backup tight ends. They have four on their roster. Grant Calcaterra had the concussion. Now he's been dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, the Eagles were hoping he'd be kind of the pass catching tight end. They they traded for Albert O. I know they didn't give up much. I understand the lowest. Possible cost, but they're carrying a roster spot for a pending free for a pending free agent. So it's I'm not, not so sure that they're going to be doing that much longer. So my point is, is that I think Zach Ertz could theoretically be 
um, an upgrade over your Albert O spot yes. or even your Grant Calcaterra spot. If Zach Ertz wants to come to Philadelphia, that's the first thing. He, he'll have more opportunity in Baltimore, let's say, where Mark Andrews went down, and they're a legitimate contender. They're one of the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, but if he wants to finish his career in Philadelphia, like he said, there's there can be that, that opportunity there. He would need to accept a reduced role, and Eagles fans would need to know that you're trading for Matt Stairs. You're not trading for Cliff Lee, to use that analogy. Uh, so if, if you want to bring him in and have him – you know, run. It's like Julio Jones, third downs, red zone. Find that role. Julio's for him. coming. Um, I, I I wouldn't rule it out as long as the expectations are reasonable on both sides, not just the Eagles, but on Zach Ertz's side. What do you think, Dennis? You think you think he would add anything to the to the offense? Yeah. So, <clears throat> look, last week Alberto played nine snaps. That was the second highest of any tight end who played. The Eagles have used thirty snaps of ten personnel in the last two games, using basically Julio Jones as a tight end. Alberto was wide open on the third down before the 59-yard field goal. He ran a little ball route. No one covered him. Wide open. Jalen looked right at him. <laughs> if he throws it to him, that is a 49-yard field goal instead of a 59-yard field goal. Like, it was easily going to be a 10-yard gain. Didn't even think about throwing to him. <laughs> Threw it to AJ. It was sort of covered. AJ didn't even come up with the ball. Now, do you if, think there's if, a chance? If, if, if he's not going to trust him in that situation, like, why is he out there? I mean, so, the coaches don't trust him to block. He's not out there on any running plays. The quarterback doesn't trust was, him to was, catch. He was involved in a good tush push the other day, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. He was good at that. Um, the team's pretty good at that without him, too. Uh, he doesn't play special teams, so the special teams coach doesn't trust him either. Uh, it's not clear um, exactly why he's on the team. So, now, yeah, I think Zacharts would probably, Jalen would at least maybe throw it to him there. Quick question about the Albert O play. Do you think part of that was a clock management thing? That no, because he threw it to AJ, it would have been inbounds as well. So yeah, yeah. Okay. they were ready to do the fire drill. Yeah, they they called quarterback draw on the second Kelsey it's false crazy. start. Yeah. You can see that yeah. there's like yeah. Kelsey false started, and then he immediately pulled to block the linebacker for a quarterback draw. That was a quarterback draw call. So they were ready to do the to do the fire. They're ready to send their special. Yeah. Yeah. and we you know that Buffalo is not good at defending the uh, fire. Oh draw. yeah, we saw Field we've goal. seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, good points. So <laughs> now let me ask you this though, Zach. Do you think that Dallas Goddard wants Zach Ertz back in the building? <laughs> I think Dallas Goddard probably had enough of the like uh, Ertz Ertz Goddard years, but I feel like yeah, like but but I I do think that there's a lot of people, and I'm not saying Dallas Goddard doesn't. I mean I I don't know that, but I do think there's a lot of people in that building who want him back. Like Lane Johnson had a tweet right. yesterday, and uh, you know you you've made the joke about the core four, right? Uh, Ertz, what are we going to call these guys? Yeah, now? Ertz like the, Ertz in five. Ertz should have been in there. Uh, there is like I've I've been following Philadelphia sports for 37 years. Okay, um, there's been probably 35 years. I don't know my first. I was going to say I wasn't yeah. going to fact check yeah. it, but it did cross probably my, my first two years. I, yeah. But but by by 1988, I was aware of everything that was going on in Philly sports. Okay, I, everything. I, I was aware of Philly sports. I've seen a lot of these reunions that are better stories than they are in practice. And I think sometimes the expectations are incongruent. Uh, so, but I do think that there's like Zach Ertz genuinely loves Philadelphia, like wants to sure wants to finish his career here, and not just in the Deshaun Jackson way, like you saw today. I think he would love to put on 86 again, and uh, he would have to get that number from Joseph Engada. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah they'd have to do that same the thing they did the uh, thing they did with Mary Goodwin. Should have to whack Engada for a day. Whack Engada for a day. Yeah. Speaking uh -huh. of uh, numbers, let's continue this <laughs> Eagles tight end lineage down. 
Zach Ertz's <laughs> predecessor, Brent Selleck. All of a sudden, the Eagles are being all loosey-goosey with number 87, Dana. I couldn't believe out. it. I had to refresh my screen multiple <laughs> times last night when I needed to enter the uh, the uniform number of newly acquired practice squad wide receiver Cam Sims mm. into my spreadsheet, which I tweet out every uh, Monday with the Eagles snap counts. And they Good gave plug. Cam Sims number 87. This is the first Eagles player non-camp uh, when they have 90 players and they just don't have yes. enough numbers uh, to be given the great... Um, Brent Selleck's You think number. they called him for like his go-ahead? Ooh, they must have. Yeah, they, they yeah, must have. Yeah, I don't know. I saw Cam Sims in the locker room today, and I, f- I had to register. Who is that? A uh, little embarrassing moment on my, on my part because I typically know who everyone is. Did not put the did not have the face and the name together. Yeah, but it's then very, I realized quickly when he walked by. Oh, that's Cam Sims. Um, yeah, how embarrassing for you! Everybody was pointing and laughing at you for not knowing who Cam Sims was. No, no one was pointing. No one was pointing and laughing. Okay. All right, Zach. Well, uh, if you too have been following Philly sports for 35 plus years, you might want to check out Wheelhouse Cards like Zach does with Reed all the time. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as t-shirts, hats, and hoodies. From brands like Mitchell and Ness, 47 brand junk food, Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Well, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop in either to stop into either of their stores in Westchester or Wayne. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. And be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. All right, let's get a little bit into the uh, other side of the matchup from what we talked about yesterday. When the Eagles have the ball against this 49ers defense, we'll get to Goose Wisely and our predictions at the end of the show. Uh, but then is I want to sort of open up the floor to you to start because you know I want to make I want to make use of you being here, uh, disseminating all this information. What is uh, like <coughs> matchup wise? the first thing that you were thinking about as an advantage for the Eagles on, on this side of the ball? Well, I think so many people, um, you know, credit Kyle Shanahan for schematic brilliance that, you know, he, he wins mentally and, and, and that kind of thing. And obviously, like, he has the top DVOA offense in the league, and et cetera, with a quarterback with, you know, probably limited talent. You have to give him credit schematically for that. I think the thing that's been unfair in the buildup to this game is people are dismissing last year's NFC Championship game completely because the uh, the quarterback was injured for San Francisco. Right. The Niners have won that narrative battle. I mean, that's fine. Like, again, this is their Super Bowl. They deserve to win that battle because they've put all of their energy into it. Uh, for the Eagles, this is week 13. It's it's a you know, it's a hard game in a, in a series of hard games. That's fine. The thing that I don't like and don't appreciate so much as an Eagles fan is that the other side of the ball should not have been that affected by the Brock Purdy injury. And the Eagles in that game had drives of 18 plays and 16 plays, including penalties, where they were able to stay on the field, keep moving the ball, combination of the run game, the pass game. Remember, Jalen Hurts was injured in that game. They weren't able to use the zone read. Like, they had a backside. The the backside edge was blocked by the tight end in almost every uh, inside zone run in that game, which is not the way the Eagles normally do things. And that was because they did not want Jalen Hurts to be exposed to more injury. He was playing with the injured shoulder. And despite that... You had Fred Warner, the best linebacker in football, 
at one point, you know, I came home from from the game and I watched the the TV copy. And at one point, Greg Olson was saying, "This guy's the best running back, the, the best linebacker in football," and he's just frozen in place. And the reason he was frozen in place was because of the RPO game. We had Jason Kelsey pulling to the second level and blocking uh, Dre Greenlaw off the ball multiple times. Nick Bosa. Uh, in certain situations was spiking inside to try to cheat and he got knocked to the ground on an excellent um, play by Jason Kelsey on a Boston Scott touchdown. Miles Sanders went in completely untouched on a, on a touchdown with a brilliant, uh, again, like you know, just, just in that kind of RPO game. I think it's very unfair to Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense that they're not credited with out scheming the 49ers in that right. game, which is what happened. I mean, they were out physical, they were out schemed. And by the end, the bullies had been bullied, right? Hmm. Like we saw uh, Dre Greenlaw punching at the ball after, like minutes after the play right. was over. We saw Hufanga throw Jalen Hurts yes. down out of bounds. I mean, we saw uh, Trent Williams get in a fight with uh, Kayvon Wallace. I know that's the other side of the ball. But um, anyway, the, the, the point is that I think that in that game, the Eagles won schematically well, on that side of the ball. It does always feel like, and I think I t- I'm guilty of this, like, Talking about the success of the Eagles' offense is usually is usually talent driven yep. and not not schematically. Um, I think that's probably fair. I also think, to your point, the um, the aspect of this game that I that I'm I'm curious about well, one of many is I sort of think we saw it a little bit last week. This game means so much. I'm expecting like leaning into Jalen Hurts as a as a runner in in this matchup. Don't you think? Yeah, I think it's possible, and I thought it was uh, nice to see him look a lot healthier, uh, you know, since the since the bye for sure. It seems to, you know, be part of the part of the the, the calls again. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And much more like it was in in the early part of the season. Right. Uh, Zach, I know you want to you want to gas up Chase Young going up against the Eagles for the third time this mm-hmm. season. Uh, how worried are you about that defensive line? Oh, I'm legitimately worried about that defensive line. If you if you're the Eagles, that's a a defensive line for, uh, full of high-caliber, Pro Bowl-caliber players. Uh, depth at edge rusher, you know, they acquire Randy Gregory during the season. Cleveland Farrell's not a stud, but he's he's, he's he's capable, you know, for your backup edge, that's good. But Nick Bosa and Chase Young, there's a reason why Chase Young was a a big-time trade deadline acquisition. And I frankly thought they, they didn't pay that much for him for the production that they can get. And he's been productive since he's been there. And then it, on the interior, uh, Javon Hargrave, we saw it. We saw that he can be disruptive. Um, he, he's, he's, he's quick in penetration. Uh, so there's, there's a lot to like across that 49ers line. Now, the flip side there is the Eagles like to think they have the best offensive line in football. Lane Johnson's going to play this week, so getting Lane Johnson back is critical. Uh, Cam Jurgens healthier. Uh, I mean, there's there's reason to think that the Eagles can withstand this, but this is this is as good of a defensive front as they're going to see this season. I'm trying. I mean, I like Washington's front, but Washington now they had Sweat and Young when the Eagles then, played yeah. them. But I, I would still take this this 49ers front because of of Bosa. I mean, I like that Jets front. I would still take this 49ers front. So yeah, this is probably the best front the Eagles are seeing this year. Am I wrong? No, I think that's probably right. Okay. Uh, I think, but I also I like their secondary can be had. You know, they're without Hufanga sure. at safety. Uh, Len, Lenore or Lenoir is is can be had mm-hmm. at corner. Um, so, like, if the Eagles can protect, I think they can. I think they can have success with AJ Brown and Devontae. Now, Smith let me on the ask, you, ask both you guys this: Am I overrating Chase Young? 
Am I looking at the Chase Young from Ohio State? Well, as, yeah. I mean, I think in general you overrate Chase Young. Okay. But I think I I think as the as the second best edge rusher or like the fourth most important guy on the defensive line, he's very good. I can say you know, uh, as someone who doesn't watch college yeah. football. The pattern That's that I know, uh, the pattern that I notice is that well, I'm too busy grinding the film Saturdays, you know, getting Respect ready for that. the Eagles game. Respect so that. I can't even Penn Princeton. I can't just be watching random. Yeah, uh, yeah no, even Penn Princeton. <laughs> um, Chase Young, uh, Jordan Mailata said this week that he underestimated Chase Young in mm -hmm. the first game and he allowed a sack. And then he said in the second he game, did I didn't underestimate him and I didn't allow a sack. So hopefully uh, that'll be the pattern. He might get to see him two more times this year. One thing about Chase Young that's interesting is that in Washington, he was almost always rushing from the Jordan Mailata side, whereas in San Francisco, he and Bosa will uh, flip side. So he might be against Lane Johnson some, which he very rarely was when he was at Washington. So. Good insight there. Just to, uh, just to call time out on this for a second, you mentioned Lane Johnson. What about Fletcher Cox? Any chance he plays? He hasn't been practicing this, this, this week. We, we'll find out the injury report. Uh, when you're a 12-year player, sometimes you don't need to practice – Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to play on Sunday. But if you don't practice, it's usually an indication that the injury right. is is such that's a concern. Fletcher Cox is extraordinarily durable. He's already missed one game this year. Um, I think uh, he'll 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 want to play, but this is not an injury that you mess with either. One quick thing: I see we have some 49ers trolls in the chat talking about um, the 49ers D line being better than the Eagles O line. One thing about Javon Hargrave: I love the guy when he was here, but here's the reality. Last year, the Eagles were 21st in rushing DVOA, and this year they are fourth. Yes. And the 49ers last year were second in rushing DVOA defense, mm -hmm. and this year they are 20th. And I don't think that it's a coincidence. Javon Hargrave no. is not a run stopper. No. He doesn't focus on it. The linebackers kind of need to make up for his um, lack of gap integrity and whatnot. It's just not the way he plays. And the guys that, um, you know, a, a guy like Kinlaw, who was starting last year, was more disciplined that way. I think that the Eagles' success against the second uh, rushing DVOA team last year uh, is a good sign that they'll be good against the 20th one this year. Great point. Well said. And we've we've seen Javon Hargrave there. That's that's certainly not his strength. Now, Bo would tell you all that matters is the passing game, not the running game, right? But I don't know why you throw that <laughs> on me. Well, you yeah. have to know if it's run or pass, right? And that's sure. what this Eagles' offense does is it makes you not know. That's a good point. That's uh, a good point. If you want to go watch the Eagles try to run the ball on Javon Hargrave on Sunday, you can... Still do it if you go to Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. And tickets can make a great holiday gift. How about getting in early? Go watch this Niners Eagles game on Sunday and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Uh, one quick thing to add uh, about this defense, too, relative to last year. I think they have a downgrade at defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I, th I thought well, the Miko... Certainly on the looks department. I mean, 
I That's see. for sure. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. The looks department yes. or the yeah, the looks department. Okay. Not even close. I'll defer to you two. Yeah, I mean, there's a clear number one. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, what are we talking about? I Come thought D'Amico was was a really good how was, was like a high high level <laughs> coordinator uh, schemer. Not to say Steve Wilkes isn't, but I I haven't been like so impressed with them schematically defensively this year. Whereas I I, th- I thought D'Amico uh, presented more challenges when I watched that 49ers defense going into championship game a year ago and maybe look maybe there there's like some confirmation bias there because i think highly of D'Amico, but i think highly of steve wilkes i i told you that story of uh uh i was on the plane with him and he got everyone's luggage and i I thought that was that he he showed true leadership attributes well kyle shanahan who likes to blame other people for all of his uh shortcomings um certainly did a good job of um scapegoating wilkes when he basically forced him to come down to the sideline. And we know that the reason he did that was so that he could uh, yell at him in public uh, <laughs> instead of just yell at him through the headset. What so other, what other he'll be Kyle doing plenty Shanahan, of that this uh, Sunday. Yeah, you're really down with Kyle Shanahan. What other Kyle Shanahan? Uh, well, you know, we can always talk about, I had some things about the Eagles offense to talk about, but um, maybe we should talk about how important <laughs> it is to get a lead in this game. And okay. um, there are a couple of different uh, reasons for this. Kind of interesting stats here about Shanahan. Um, under Kyle Shanahan, <clears throat> the 49ers are 0-37 when trailing by eight or more points in the fourth quarter. They're the only team in the league that doesn't have a single win in that situation since 2017. And you might say 37 losses. Like, when did Kyle Shanahan lose so many games? Like, doesn't he win all the time? Well, no, actually, Kyle Shanahan lost 10 or more games in three of his first four seasons. The only the fourth coach in the Super Bowl era to lose 10 or more games in three seasons in a single head coaching stint. And the reason for that is because other coaches who aren't the son of, you know, uh, former coaches and whatnot get fired after they lose uh, 10 games, like two times even. Right. Um, so that's the reason that, that he's the only one. He's also this is even more uh, kind of crazy. One in 31 when trailing by three or more points heading into the fourth quarter. Really? Three or more points heading into the fourth quarter. He's only won one game. 1-37 in, in that situation. Now, you might say, well, what if the 49ers get a lead? Is he good then? No. He's <laughs> lost 14 games with a 10-plus point lead under Kyle Shanahan since 2017. That's the second most in the league. That includes the playoffs. Um, and meanwhile, Jalen Hurts is 8-0, famously, yes. in the last 10 regular season games in which he was trailing uh, by 10. So it would be nice to get a lead, but unlike the 49ers, the Eagles don't have to panic if they're trailing late. And by the way, I mean, just the way they play, too. Like, I mean, those stats might be um, somewhat, you know, there, there might be some noise in that 0-37. Oh, I don't know. Right. But, uh, but the, um, it does, the way mean, they yeah, play. It passes the sniff test. Yeah, the way like, they play. I mean, without the run threat, you know, they don't have the weapons the Eagles have on the outside. We know this. They use the middle of the field. And if you know that they're passing the ball, then the offensive line, especially the right side of that offensive line, uh, is going to be um, tested by the Eagles. I mean, both Hassan Reddick um, with Fletcher Cox not playing, we would probably see more of Jalen Carter on that side against their right guard, and that could be an advantage. Um, that right. guy wasn't that good anyway. He didn't even play last week. Feliciano, the backup played. It's not clear. They might have a rotation there from what I'm reading uh, this week. Left guard um, rotation famously got the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, you know, that's the left guard yeah, rotation. So, different. yeah, they're doing it the wrong way. So, yeah. I also think uh, Nick Sirianni wouldn't mind another win against that, that, that coaching tree. Yeah. I think Nick hears kind of all it, – <laughs> Those are great numbers you brought forth. And there is kind of this mythicism surrounding uh, the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur, uh, you know, that that coaching tree. And uh, and it goes to the to the point you and Jamie were talking about in the postgame show that Nick sometimes doesn't get the credit he deserves. I, I think Nick sometimes looks at like the hotshot play callers 
who, who yeah, gets he's a prideful attention. guy. And he's like, well, I mean, I'll, look who's standing I mean, at the you end. you see how he reacts to everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Course, look who's standing at, at the end. So I, I think uh, I think he wouldn't mind uh, another win against this coaching tree. I love, by the way, being a fan of a team where every single person in the country hates the head coach of the team. Like, that is so much better than if they were praising him. Like, mm. you know, like being like a McVay or Shanahan fan and everyone's like, this guy is great. That would probably get boring. I love that Sirianni has gone from the guy that everybody makes fun of for stuttering in his press conference uh, when he started to being the guy that they hate because basically because he's he's beating their teams. All right, you've got like I mean you got so much on here. What what <laughs> yeah, else what else can you uh, educate us with? Well, like um, like Nick Sirianni likes to educate us about football sometimes. He does. I remember when he yes. when he told you he was educating you, and it was yeah. good that he told you that because he probably <laughs> listened, like, listened more yeah. carefully after yeah. after some. <laughs> but um, always likes when someone. That's what I say. That's yeah. what I say. Let me educate you about. That's it. what I say in class too. Yeah. I say, well, let me educate you. That's <laughs> me how too. I, that's, that's how I start. That's how I start the class. All right. So the 49ers are favored in this game. And when people point to the reasons, uh, obviously you have things like, you know, the Eagles are coming off a tough stretch. They had the longer rest and things like that. Um, I think that the main reason they're favored is because the advanced metrics favor them, right? They're number one in DVOA, number one in points per drive, number one in EPA per play, number one in success rate, number one in series conversion rate. They really are, they really have been impressive. Now, they also got the little extra rest. I think that's baked into the line too. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, um, and I did say that. And the Eagles have the same problem against Dallas next week. And I think that that's kind of a loser thing to like complain about that. You know, okay. that, that like I'm, like at, like that's not something. Look, the 49ers had one day less rest in the NFC Championship game. I just assumed that they forgot that because they've used everything else as an excuse. Right. So just helping you guys out, if you need another reason uh, to complain, you know, they had to play Sunday. And, sure. Um, but the thing I was going to say is that. In the last three games, the Eagles have won despite getting outgained. People are saying that they're lucky. People are saying all this outgained and losing the turnover battle in, in, in some of the cases. We're canceling noise all over the place. Let's not even talk about <laughs> noise canceling. Okay, like some of my online feuds there, those of you who know know what we're talking about, but we're not going to talk about that guy. Um, <laughs> the Eagles offense in the last three games has 13 scoring drives, 12 touchdowns, one field goal in which they've gotten 55 first downs. Now, the 20 drives didn't result in points. Those 20 drives had six total first downs. <laughs> 14 drives with no first downs, six drives with one first down each. So what's the lesson to be learned there is that what they've been doing, and obviously this is not a sustainable model, right? Yeah. But, but the reason that the advanced metrics aren't looking as good as the actual point production in the last three games is because every time a drive has gotten going, they've scored a touchdown. Like not just, you know, like the 159 yard field goal. Other than that, it was 12 touchdowns in a row without a field goal even. And what's happening there is any drive that gets going finishes with a touchdown. And Brian Johnson was asked about this on Tuesday. And he said, it's all about getting that first first down, which so I'm weird. not sure right. <laughs> like why that is. Right. Uh, but that's been the case. And it just shows that they've been very good in the red zone. Remember at the beginning of the yes. year when people were worried about the red zone, this is going to be a bit of a flex, but I was on with uh, Fran Duffy on the Eagle uh, Eye in the Sky podcast. What a flex. That, that was, that was a great honor. Um, and, uh, I, and one of the things we talked about was how the Eagles are almost as good as last year on offense in the metrics that are a little bit more sticky. DVOA, EPA mm. per play, points per drive, all those things. The Eagles are still very good in all those things. The two areas that they weren't good at at the bye were red zone and turnovers. Yes. Right. And the thing we discussed on that, uh, that was, was those are things that are likely to change, like less sticky things. And sure enough, the red zone problems seem to have been fixed. Like I said, there were 12 straight touchdowns without a field goal. Red zone is now up to 63%, which ranks fifth. 
Quick side note, by the way, Eagles defense, 28th in red zone defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they've gotten off the hook. Like there hasn't been as much Fair. of a narrative about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm actually more worried about that because I think the offense clearly always had the players and the schematic tools to overcome the red zone problems. I'm not sure the defense does. So that's a that's right. been that's been an issue. Um, but the red zone is fixed. And I feel then like the, that's connected to the third and long defense. I don't know. I'm always I'm always a little um, I, I I heard you talk about the third yeah. and seven to ten. It's like such a small I sample it's, size. It's, like you're always worried, but certainly in this last game that looked like a problem. Um, you know, I was like, man, how come Desai isn't doing anything about the the quarterback run issue? Like, how come he's not using a spy? And then when I looked at the film, he had Reddick as a spy like three or four times yeah. in the game, and Reddick just couldn't get to him. Um, uh, like that guy's just really good. You know, like sometimes you have to. You have to give it to that. So I would hope that the third and long stuff gets fixed. Um, the Eagles are actually really good at, um, let me not give you false information here. The Eagles are on defense seventh in the league at getting to third down. So they're good on the first two downs, right. but then they drop all the way to 27th in eventually allowing the first down. So just, I think you need just, a better name for that stat. Series conversion rate? No, or, or getting, getting the, the third, third down. down? Yeah, getting the Just third not, down. Just not allowing first downs on yeah, the first no, two downs. No, I'm saying that's yeah. a good stat, but it needs a catchier name. It probably... I it, think that would be Shields' recommendation right now. Is, yeah, is, no, yeah. it probably does. The other side of the ball, by the way, the Eagles are kind of the opposite. They're 28th in the league at getting first downs on first down. Fifth in the league at eventually getting them. Which so the offense waits until because, the later. And they, they, they're willing to get to fourth down. That's this a big part like of it. Yeah, right. more for, more fourth down conversions than any other uh, team in the league. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. So that's the we talked about the red zone noise. The turnover noise is another thing. The 49ers, for all their great advanced metrics, a big part of that is driven by turnovers, both sides of the ball, right? They're fourth in the league at avoiding turnovers, even though, by the way, Purdy is 28th at turnover-worthy uh, right. plays. So they've had some luck there, and that's kind of my point. Um, they're first at creating turnovers, which we know is also um, somewhat noisy, a little bit of game script there as well. The Eagles, meanwhile, are 20th and 22nd, uh, rep, um, uh, respectively. So that's been an issue. The 49ers offense has started six yards better field position on average than their defense has. Okay. And uh, that's, of course, coming a little bit from the turnovers as well, whereas the Eagles offense and defense have had identical starting field positions. So that's a six-yard advantage. Per drive. I mean, that's not that's not negligible. So uh, all of that is 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 eating into this. And the Eagles, uh, in case no one noticed this when they were you know betting on this game or whatever, uh, have won two more games than the 49ers. They've they the 49ers have lost three times as many despite playing a much easier uh, schedule. The 49ers' offensive opponent uh, strength of schedule, the the offenses of the opposing team, yeah. which all of the analytics community will tell you matters more than the defensive uh, quality. Uh, is 29th in the league. They have the fourth easiest schedule of uh, offenses that they've played. And like I said, there's evidence that that matters more than the defense quality. Meanwhile, the Eagles have played the sixth most difficult uh, offenses. And the defenses that they've played have been comparable, ninth and seventh. So, Okay. Yeah. The the contrarian in me is... You? The Eagles are coming off of like that hard schedule. They are still in the middle of that. Like they have gotten beaten up over the past several games from that. Those guys had to play 92 snaps. I think all of that stuff is baked into why the the Niners are even if you were if they were teams of equal quality. The conditions aside from it being in Philadelphia are certainly in favor of, of the Niners in this game. Maybe. I, I, I'm not I'm just not I'm just not sure. I like I think the team with the better offensive line, the better quarterback, 
um, I, like will usually win football games. And the Eagles clearly have the better offensive line and clearly have the better quarterback. And the Eagles are undefeated this year when Christian Ellis plays at least 10 plays on defense. Ooh, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, let's not get into the causality. What do you there. think they're going to do there? I think that we might see Against all of this 21, 22, yeah. 12 personnel. So one of the uh, personnel groupings that the Eagles have not used that much, but that I think we will see in this game, and this is getting a little bit, um, let's see, I just need to find it. it we was, like it in the weeds. It was in, there were 13 snaps of this played uh, against Washington in the second game, and in, not in any other game. But I am going to go out on a limb and say we're going to see some big penny and Big Penny is 515 with Sidney Short Brown. Short yardage handoffs to Rashad Penny. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's not what it is. Let's not see that. <laughs> uh, 515 is, so you have five defensive linemen on the field, one linebacker that keeps Christian Ellis off the field. Sorry, Bo. Uh, and then you have Seems Sidney like Brown as the, as the nickel uh, corner instead right. of um, Eli Ricks or, or Bradley Roby. Now, we might not need that because Bradley Roby probably isn't, as much of a liability against the run as they seem to think Eli Ricks is, because Eli Ricks has been playing on only third downs, right. only obvious passing downs, even third and short. Um, they're still using Roby there. So either the 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 five one five penny with Sidney Brown or the five one five with um, with uh, Bradley Roby is something I would expect to see more of. Just the way to manage the the linebacker snap count, the way that they're managing a tight end by using Julio Jones as a tight end. Okay, I think that makes sense. What about yeah. Big Dime? Yeah, we'll almost definitely see Big Dime on, on third downs. And we've been seeing that anyway. The right. last two games, we've seen a lot of... There were 12 snaps of Big Dime in the last game. Uh, in Big Dime, Eli Ricks has been the corner on every single one of those snaps. And Sidney Brown has been the uh, left safety with Reed Blankenship as the right safety. And that frees up Kevin Byer to. to play either man against the tight end or play in the flat in, um, in his own coverage. Got it. What do you have in your mind? I'm enjoying this. He, he, he came to armed with the numbers. I that 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 Christian. As if there was any doubt. That Christian Ellis stat was not very convincing. Although I think more convincing is that they're undefeated with Julio Jones on the roster. <laughs> I, I, I think that's worth pointing out. No, I I think that uh, I, I think Professor Selman the, the the biggest point that jumped out is the Eagles have the advantage at quarterback and they have the advantage on the, on the offensive line. And I do think that that you are going to see more heavy dime. Uh, that you are going to see Sidney Brown, like I said in, on, on yesterday's show, play more similar to how he did at Illinois than how he did during training camp this year. Uh, but ultimately, you're going to need to match. Like Kyle Shanahan, despite what was said here, uh, and, and, and those are all objective numbers that cannot be dismissed. He did lose all 37 yeah. of those games. Yeah, I no, I, I agree with that. He is a really good offensive play caller, a really good offensive play designer. And more importantly than that, he has outstanding talent at his disposal. And I think that, that there is a decided advantage between the 49ers skill players and the Eagles back six, back seven. How I mean, if they have a five-man front, back six, yes. right? So No doubt. So the, the question then is how do you neutralize that? Do you neutralize it schematically? Do you neutralize it? With your front, do you neutralize it just by outscoring them, by outphysicaling? Like, like there's a handful of, of things you can do. But I, I be worried if I were the Eagles about basically taking Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and and, and Brendan Ayuk, and finding ways to isolate them against either Nicholas Morrow or let's say 
Sidney Brown even, who has been iffy in coverage this year. Zach, if you remember, you can answer this question. Are you more worried going into this game or were you more worried going into the Miami game when Terrell Edmonds oh. and Sidney Brown hmm. had to start at safety against the number one DVOA offense at the time in Miami? They were, yeah. they were off the charts uh, having to cover uh, Tyreek Hill. Great question. Because if you recall, yeah. that offense scored uh, 10 points, including a uh, field goal on a short field. And Great question. Their, You're their absolutely worst, right. Uh, worst or second worst offensive performance yeah. of the season. Yeah. And Sean Desai was was rightfully praised for that. I thought, <coughs> excuse me, I thought going into that game, the speed mismatch was going to be real pronounced there. I'm not so worried about the speed in this game. I, I'm I, I'm I'm more just worried about like the talent versus talent level. Uh, but I still think. That And we said this yesterday, the Eagles front can win at the line of scrimmage. And if you win at the line of scrimmage, it changes everything. And that's the best hope for the Eagles defense. It's also, uh, you know, this is like the least insightful thing to say, but in a game where the Niners offense gets so much yardage after the catch, like they need, they need to tackle. They need to, yeah. uh, like they need to do a better job than they did last week of getting guys down. Um, and that's, like uh, if they can win the turnover battle and tackle, they can win the game. Like that's a, that's a big insightful thing to say. But I think this week that's that's an emphasis for them. Yeah, and the 49ers are first in the league at, at Yak uh, EPA. And uh, the Eagles defense actually hasn't been bad at that this year. Sixth in the league overall um, at Yak EPA. But there were definitely some tackling issues uh, in the last game. All right. Well, if the Eagles need some linebacker help, maybe they'll call up Moses Foku. But <laughs> absent that, you can go to Foco. Because Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. You've got your overalls, your hoodies, your hats, your sunglasses, your bags, everything you need for a game, and everything you need to stock up for the holidays. Foco has also hooked PHOI up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% <laughs> off. All right. You know, Dana, as I texted you last night, like, should we should we do a swooper? <laughs> you said famously you are anti-swooper. You don't like that game. So I mean, what? I'm on the record as, as never having liked swooper. I, I know you called me one of the architects of it uh, the yeah. other day, and I thought that was... Uh, you know, that was misplaced. ironic. Well, no, not necessarily misplaced, just uh, ironic. Ah, but you took it, you took it to another level. You'd at well, least, thank you. Uh, you know, made it better. But we're going to we're going to stick to goose wisely because we got a we got we got a season long competition going on. Zach has cut the lead from six two to six four. And so we're going to play a little goose wisely, wherein Zach and I propose uh, events we think are close to equally likely to happen. The other person chooses. You get your golden egg, golden goose which is worth two points. And maybe Dennis can tell us which one, uh, which one of us is looking like a fool. I like that, but there is uh, some swooper sentiment in the chat. So perhaps uh, come playoff time, we reignite swooper. Yeah. Or I would say if, if somebody has clinched the regular season, then maybe we, we, we turn the page on from, from goose wisely, but let's keep it going. And I will, <laughs> I will go first, Zach. I'll propose to you. Um, my first one for you, if I can pull it up here is the Niners convert a third down of 11 yards or more to go. So a, a very long third down or Julio Jones in this game has at least 10 yards after the catch. I'm going 49ers convert a third and 11. This, this uh, third and long defense, as we discussed, Bo had terrific numbers about it. And in Tuesday's show, 
is a, is a concern right now. Julio Jones, there's not evidence that he's getting a lot of yak. Uh, so <laughs> I feel comfortable going with third 11, and this might very well be, be my golden goose. We'll see. Ooh, how about that? I wonder, you, know, you, think we get a, you think we get a Julio screen here? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, it was interesting to listen to uh, Brian Johnson on Tuesday talk about some of those screens and talking about how uh, Nick Sirianni actually talked about this on Wednesday as well, maybe even more than Johnson, about how some of those screens are designed to kind of set things up for later. Obviously, we saw the touchdown to Devontae Smith come on a uh, on a fake pump screen to Julio. So uh, I don't know. I think the Julio screen is already on film. Uh, maybe you don't need <laughs> to actually throw it to, to set right. something up off it. I wouldn't mind seeing just the setups uh, rather than the actual uh, actual plays. I think that's well said. Yeah. All right, over to you, Zach. Oh, quick thing about the Purdy third and 11, by the way. The one, the two stats in which Jalen Hurts is ahead of Purdy when you look at the, some of the advanced metrics are uh, completion uh, percentage over expected, in which uh, Hurts is still first in the league, Purdy's seventh. Purdy's throwing a lot more high percentage uh, passes. But when you look at EPA per play in expected pass situations, such as third and 11, uh, Hertz is better than Purdy in that as well. That is not Purdy's thing. Like like when you when you actually have to when throw he, the ball. When he is stripped of the bells and whistles of the offense. And it's yeah, okay. and that's just based right. on uh, right. down and distance. Like so, when the down and distance is such that you expect pass, um, Hertz has been better in that than Purdy has. Okay. So contrast Makes that sense, with the yeah. narrative from two years ago that Hertz like wasn't a drop back passer and all of that. Right. Hopefully, no one's talking about that anymore. Okay, over to you, Zach. The Eagles allow their most points of the season. So 34 plus, or the 49ers score their fewest points of the season, so fewer than 17. I'm going to say the Eagles allow their most points of the season. I, mm. I, I mean, I, this is not to say the Eagles are going to lose this game, but I, to to keep this Niners offense, which is is the most efficient in the league, you know, to have this be the week when the state of their linebackers is the worst it's been all season. Yeah, I'm going to say it's more likely they allow. 34 plus than less than seven. Plus, let's not forget that they spent the entire offseason lobbying to have Brandon Allen available yes, in this true. game. So uh, that could uh, make a difference. Now, I believe that the Dolphins, their fewest points came against the Eagles. And I believe the Chiefs' fewest points came against the Eagles, if I am not mistaken. Shut uh, out in the second half in both games. All right, Zach. Uh, well, Dana, as you just mentioned, the third quarterback. I'm going to give you, Zach, Sam Darnold plays a snap hmm. in this game or Christian Ellis is involved in a turnover. Uh, so actually, there's one, there's one coming up that has one similar to this. Uh, I'll go Christian Ellis is involved in a turnover. I just think there's uh, – I'm not going to pick someone getting hurt. And I think Christian Ellis – Training camp showed, and, and OTAs showed too. I, I I was for some reason reading some of my OTA coverage, and uh, he was making plays in OTAs as Today? well. Today, uh, yesterday. Uh, okay. So, what was the reason? I don't need to get on. I don't need to get into it on on air. But I was I was going back and and looking at some previous notes and um, trying to see maybe what like was this in service of a story or like self improvement? <laughs> I I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. But uh, in, in service of a story, but okay. also self improvement, seeing okay, yeah, seeing what I could have done better on certain days, and but certainly uh, Christian Ellis was on fire throughout the spring and summer. 
That's true. Can, can the Christian Ellis turnover come on special teams? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Because uh, the punt returner for the 49ers, Ray Ray McLeod, has not been practicing. And uh, it might be the uh, the rookie, Ronnie Bell, uh, back there, which, you know, might slightly improve, increase the uh, odds of a turnover. And he might be celebrating Michigan's win over Iowa the day before. And so. It's also it's a good job by you to take the Christian Ellis one because involved is. is uh, like he's in the stadium it, during definite enough that yeah. I could have, yeah, yeah make okay. this. Yeah, I, I exactly, like that. So. All right. So this one that I have is uh, similar, at least one of them. More than one 49ers QB attempts a pass. Ooh, but it has yeah. to be a quarterback. It can't be. Oh, a, okay. Let me change that then because it could okay. be Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Like a, okay. And so Debo more than one 49er yeah. okay. attempts a pass. We don't have to change the screen, but uh, yeah, that's a good correction. More than one 49er corrects a, uh, attempts a pass or – the Eagles don't record a sack. Did the Eagles get a sack in the NFC Championship game last year? Because I just don't remember how Brock Purdy got oh, injured. No, yeah, I was, no, I, say, I, I was just I was just, like, yeah, they very I couldn't like did. I know it was some great misfortune, yeah. but I couldn't remember what it was. So yeah. I just, yeah. Uh, Hassan Reddick was blocked by a tight end. Hmm. I'm gonna say the uh, more than one 49ers person attempts a pass. Hassan Hassan Reddick was not just blocked by a tight end. He was blocked by uh, Kyle Shanahan's ego on that play. Mm. Uh, Shanahan was upset after the game that Hassan Reddick, he actually had a quote in which he basically said that Hassan Reddick uh, did not, uh, uh, you know, play that the way that he thought because it was play action. And he, and he thought that he would fall for the that's play action. Fault, yeah. And that's the way it's he's been, that's the way he's been protecting all of his quarterbacks throughout his career uh, with, uh, with that, with his ego. Yeah, I mean, he has a long, decorated history of getting his guys injured. He's pushing Christian McCaffrey to the brink, even though they're up all, like two scores at the end of all these games. He's still playing. Yeah, Brock Purdy play clearly with a concussion for multiple games this yeah. this year. It's not protecting his players. We've had we've got anti labor quarterbacks. We've got anti labor head coaches. All right. Uh, not to mention his biases. I mean, I know you went on that in, in yeah, yesterday. Yeah, that was such a weird but, yeah. statement. I'm sorry that I have a memory for his career. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Uh, next up, Zach, we've talked about you know the 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 Niners' uh, chippiness uh, and their their umbrage in this game, how they may go on tilt if they are uh, trailing. There are offsetting personal fouls at some point in this game, so we get we get a fight, or uh, the losing head coach whines in his post game press conference. So the second one's subjective. It is, uh, but I think there's more likely to be offsetting personal fouls. Uh, offsetting personal fouls. I, I don't have the data in front of me, but I imagine they happen with relative frequency. Although coaches Not do really. want, What's that? <laughs> they don't happen that much. Offsetting personal fouls? Yeah. I mean, I, and Kayvon I, Wallace isn't on the team anymore. True. So who's Trent Williams going to try to beat up this time? You know? But uh, Probably Sidney Brown. Uh, coaches do whine Probably in Eli post-game Ricks. press conferences. <laughs> I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to whine in the post-game press conference. So it would need to be Kyle Shanahan. I know this is subjective, but I'm going offsetting personal I'm going offsetting personal fouls. Okay, probably fair. Although I do think if the Niners lose, Shanahan will do something to one, but that's okay. Over to you. Uh, so more total yards: Christian McCaffrey slash Debo Samuel, or AJ Brown slash Devontae Smith. So yards from scrimmage here. Yes. So a couple of running backs versus a couple of wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one, isn't it? It's a good one. Thank you. Uh, you know, we we haven't had too many games this year. It feels like where both AJ Brown and Devontae Smith have gone off. Yeah, none. Uh, it has usually been one or the other. I don't think there's been a single one where they've both 
Where they, off. Well, yeah. yeah, certainly not one where they both topped 100. I think there was maybe one. No, there was one where, where Devontae had 99 and, and AJ had over 100. Had over 100 in that one? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, the second game. Washington game, yeah. 130 and 99. That's, that's right. right. That's, that's the only the one. The only one. Combined um, 15 for 15 targets, too, that's in that right. game. Yeah. So, but, I, and I also, like, I'm a, I think the Eagles' path to winning this game is going to be a little bit more on the ground. Um, and, I th- and, and they're certainly going to feed McCaffrey. If this was McCaffrey Ayuk, I think I would definitely go that way. I'm not. I'm not all the way in on on Debo at this moment. And I'm gonna we, go with. I'm gonna go with the Niners duo on this one. Okay. Be interesting to see if uh, Traverius Ward follows AJ Brown around the way he was following DK Metcalf last week because um, they did not do that last year. So we got uh, some breaking news here. Okay. Injury. Report. The injury report is out. Uh, Let's see. Out, out for this game. Do you want me to tell you, or do you want to? Pick? Well, let's guess. I think it'd be better for the audience if we tell them. Well, we're going to tell them by within okay. seconds. This is like arguing over whether Sirianni tells us who practiced or okay. not. Okay, okay, but that's fine. Go ahead. No, here I'll I'll give the player. You guess the status. Okay. Fletcher Cox out. Questionable. Okay. That's a good sign for the Eagles. Zach Cunningham out. Out with a hamstring injury. Justin Evans out. Out with a knee injury. And by the way, I would expect Justin Evans to go on IR. Uh, and not his, and, okay. or stay on IR and not come back Got this it. season. Grant Calcaterra out questionable with an ankle injury. Dallas Goddard questionable, doubtful with a forearm. Injury. Doubtful. Mm. Wow. So Fletcher Cox more likely to play than Dallas Goddard. That's, that's how there, it sounds. Yeah. There, there were some, uh, there was some analysis of the percentage of players who play when they're questionable versus doubtful mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be like, what is it like? 20, yeah. Right, like, right. And, and it's not even close to that. Like, all, like almost all questionable players play and almost all doubtful players don't play. Yeah. So if that's the case, then the Dallas Goddard thing might not be good news. So it was, it was, it was a little, uh, I think, yeah, it was a bait and switch. And on yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, okay. So that's everybody. Yep. Uh, and, and, and then and everyone Fletch else, a, did not practice. Did not practice questionable. So he didn't practice, That's but he's still going to try yeah, to make Fletch it. Yeah, Fletch hasn't practiced all week. He'll try to play. Uh, Dallas Goddard was officially limited in practice. Interesting. Mm. All right. And, and, and by the way, Lane Johnson, no injury status. Milton Williams, no injury status. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing for Lane is interesting, too. So, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one for you, Zach, for me. The winning team of this game wins by nine points or more. So it's a two-score game, mm. or the winning team wins by three points or less, or fewer, or fewer. Yeah, um, I'm going. Winning team wins by three points or fewer. It's a tight point spread, and I'm sticking with Vegas. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean <laughs> whatever. What? That doesn't mean what? But if they're setting it at three, yes. so they're saying it's just as likely to be. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're not. They don't think it's going to be a. They're not setting the distribution. They're just setting the right. median. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, not to get too, uh, you know, hopefully my students understood what that means. I sort of do. You, do you feel like the least likely of the four outcomes in this game is a close 49ers win? The least likely. Um, no, I, I don't. I actually think the least likely outcome is a 49ers blowout. A 49ers blowout because you think the Eagles would, would stay competitive. Yeah, I think the Eagles are. I, I just think they're too good to. To lose, like you know, like the 49ers lost last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A quick thing about like people are like the Eagles aren't as good as their record, and uh, you know, just a quick thing. I mean, if you just this is kind of maybe a little bit too binary, but if you just group games into games that came down to the end and games that didn't, 
The Eagles are 6-0 and in games that didn't come down to the end and 4-1 and in games that did. Now, I would expect the team that's 6-0 and uh, in non-close games to be at least 3-2 and in close ones. Right. So maybe the Eagles should be 9-2 and instead right. of 10, in, in which case they would only be one full game better than the rest of the league. I mean, like, you know, like, like, like people are ask, acting as if the normal results would have the Eagles, like, as part of the pack. Right. And even letting all the other teams keep all of their close wins, right? Right. Uh, the Eagles would still not have a, a, a you know a record that is um, would still have a better record than all of them even if you take out the close game coin flip luck I think. Quick question for you: uh, You heard Nick Sirianni, uh, I'm sorry, you heard Nick Sirianni's answer this week to the point differential question. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's he's downplaying that? Do you think point differential should matter more to him, or do you think it's yeah. it, there's validity to what he said? Look, the, the the 49ers have clearly been better than the Eagles in first halves this year. I mean, like, there's there's just no way of, of getting around that. I mean, the Eagles, um, on on both sides of the ball, um, you know, on offense, they jump from 11th to 1st in EPA per play uh, when you go from the first half to the second half, filtering out garbage time. On defense, they go from 29th to 8th, right? Uh, the 49ers have been really good in the first half. And what that does, of course, is it changes the game script. It makes the other team, you know, pass only. It, 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 it makes all your numbers better. And uh, Shanahan has not been shy about leaving Christian McCaffrey in the game for some reason, like deep into the fourth quarter so yeah. that he can get some records or something. I don't know what they're doing, but um, they're running up the score. And Sirianni has said that he doesn't believe in running up the score, that he's just trying to run out the clock late in games. We've seen them do that with success this year in Tampa Bay. We've seen them not succeed at that against Dallas, right? Um, so sometimes it's worked and sometimes it hasn't. But I think point differential is um, it's a counting stat, and I'm just not into counting stats. Okay. Like I don't like counting yards, I don't like counting points. Like like I think that you know um, rates and, and efficiency metrics are always going to be more predictive. Of course, the Eagles have won some coin flip games, and I know that there's a lot of data that shows that teams with big yeah, point differentials are likely to. Obviously, point differential is correlated to winning because it's literally how you win yeah, each game. Yes. But I don't think that beating up on some team that's already given up in the fourth quarter by leaving McCaffrey in um, is as telling as your ability to pull out a game like that Buffalo game. Because like if when you're playing good teams, uh, it's the same way with... Um, I know we don't want to talk too much about Jonathan Gannon when we're both in the room, but um, you know the Eagles baseline, like like big picture metrics on defense were better last year than this year. But come on, did we? Did any of us trust the defense against Kansas City going into the Super Bowl? And this year we're going to have trust of the pass rush when that and yeah, and that you know let's not yeah. So um, and, and whereas this year we have the Miami game as evidence, we have the Kansas City game as evidence that this defense can do interesting things, and we've seen Desai do interesting things uh, to uh, to counter different yeah, teams. Bring on the variance. And yeah, bring on the variance and also just bring in some unexpected things that they might not have prepared for or scouted, right? And um, so, you know, I'm kind of kind of switched um, switched topics there. But the point there is that situational success um, and success against good teams, I think, could be in some situations as predictive as your ability to beat up on bad ones, mm-hmm. even though I know there's some mm-hmm. evidence that says that says that's not. And, and so real quick, what's what Sirianni's point was or, the, or that the the data points that matter to him or, or the metrics that matter to him the most, which would be big play differential and turnover differential. He said that he pays more attention to that. And if you're good in those areas, then presumably you're going to have good point differential. Yeah, so I mean, he, he doesn't view point differential as predictive. Yeah, he I views need, it more as like circumstances. I need, I need to sit down with him about that because play, both yeah. of those are, are like small sample noisy things. And so like if you're focused on turnover differential, 
then you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of highs and lows, you know. Like I think like focusing on well, more plus the way that he defines big plays is very just, it's just very random. It's yes. like if, if the play gained twelve yards, it counts. But if it gained eleven, then it doesn't count. So no, but he's actually ten. <laughs> like Pete Carroll's twelve and he's yeah. ten. It's, well, yeah, but so. it's also different yeah. for a run or a pass, exactly. which like yes. if yeah. that's your goal, then like you sixteen know. plus for a pass, yeah. ten plus for a run. Yeah, I think there are already widely accepted um, stats like success rate and stuff like that that are probably better than uh, any of Sirianni's kind of uh, pseudo stats but that's okay whatever works for him uh you know he's winning every game so he can he can go with whatever he likes all right so I keep got one uh, yes. Goose Wisely yeah for me. last one for Goose Wisely here for me Javon Hargrave has a sack or Nolan Smith plays a season high in snaps which mm. is more than 11 <laughs> I'm gonna go with Javon Hargrave has a sack I mean it took the Eagles playing 92 snaps last week for Nolan Smith to play 11 uh, and they're not down any other defensive end, so I'm going to go with Hargrave. Yeah. And your Golden Goose? I'm sticking with the first one as my Golden Goose. You're sticking with the uh, the Niners convert a third and 11-plus? Yes. Uh, let me see. Let me write this down. Hargrave sack. What was the other one that I just I, that I gave you? The other one Just now. Uh, what, what, what was it? The, the Javon Hargrave, Hargrave has a sack where Nolan Smith plays the season. Nolan Smith. Yeah. Right, okay. uh, I'm going to go with... Da, da, da. I'm going to go with the, uh, I could say the losing head coach wines. I'm going to go with the Niners score 34 points instead of the, okay. the Niners scoring fewer than, than 17. Okay. okay. All right, Dennis, let's uh, let's let you lead it off. What do you what, what's your prediction for Sunday? Well, we know which way you're leaning. You know, I know you guys um, used to be on a different podcast, which um, I will not. Uh, what am I like? Not legally allowed to say the name I of? You spontaneously combust. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so on that Fond memories there on that podcast before the NFC Championship game last year, um, I uh, very confidently uh, predicted a 14 plus point win for the Eagles. I think. Maybe this time it'll be a little bit closer. Uh, and the reason is this is the 49ers Super Bowl. I mean, like, you know, they, they even have the long rest coming in, which is fitting. I'm yeah, glad the got, league, they've got these trolls. The league the really chat. built it this up. Is like, so this that, is their life. Yeah, they have the long rest. I'm surprised they didn't just have the, their regular bye week before it. Um, they really should have gotten that because it is their Super Bowl. They earned that right to play the Super Bowl here. <laughs> um, I think there's a there's a world in which the Eagles beat the 49ers in a way that they subconsciously don't even want to come back here. Uh, you know, like they would have to win two playoff games to get sure, here. Yeah. You know, they might have to play Dallas along the way or something. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a world, you know, there, there would need to be an upset, I guess, but whatever, <laughs> that's what happened last year. Um, there, there's a chance to just break them in this game. And um, Nick Sirianni has had an excellent approach to these games in his public messaging, that it's mm. just another game that you don't want to, you know, talk about the rivalry factor or any of those emotional things, unless you're the kind of person who benefits from that. So he's okay with uh, Jordan Mailata being emotional before the Chiefs game and calling right. it revenge. And he's also okay with AJ Brown saying that Debo Samuel is his best friend and he doesn't like hate him, right? Like, so everyone can can use like whatever they need for themselves. And I think that uh, that approach is 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 the one the Eagles are taking. That's the one you have to take when you're playing the most difficult uh, six-game stretch in NFL schedule history. Uh, if you look at the uh, the record from the year before as a metric, it's not even close. No no team has ever played wow. uh, this kind of stretch before. And the Eagles keep winning and winning and winning in the stretch. And it is just another week for the Eagles. I think that'll let them stay cool-headed. 
Um, and then, you know, obviously the crowd, uh, maybe the I should, crowd is I should, be, I should yeah. save that for Bo since yeah. his favorite thing is to talk about the crowd, but look, my wife, Emily is going to be there. Okay. So my section is going to be a what's little her, bit louder than it normally what's is. What's her record this year? Um, she has not been to a game oh. this year. The last oh. game she went to was the, uh, NFC championship game. So she's, okay. uh, she's specializing in, 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 in the 49ers. Um, so yeah, I think the Eagles will win by, I don't know, let's say 10 points. Okay. Zach. Uh, I said after the Kansas City game, I wrote it and I said it that no, what I wrote it that the Eagles uh, have earned the right to keep picking them until they show otherwise. Now that might be tested next week against Dallas in Dallas, but certainly a home game against San Francisco. Uh, I really like this Niners team. I, I've said that the, the the data shows it. This is a really difficult matchup, but I'm gonna. I, th- I thought last week was a tough matchup. I thought Kansas City was a tough matchup. Uh, I thought Miami was a tough matchup. The Eagles have answered the bell seemingly every week this year. Other than Zach Wilson, they have found ways to win games. I don't think finding ways to win games is like a um, a tan- it's it's obviously not a, a, a tangible quality. I think you can, it can sometimes be a crutch when explaining it. But I think there is something to be said about a resilient team, a team that the moment's not too big for them. That, that that figures out what to do that Sunday to win. I, I think of John Harbaugh says W you know W I N. What's important now, right? Like they, they figure out. <laughs> that's the only thing he can say that they can remember when he's not is, allowed to coach on the sideline. That's John, not Jim. By the way, okay. I said this, but Jim probably is there. Is there like a is there like a kid in the room that he doesn't want to know <laughs> what he's saying? Like, why does he spell? That's no, it's it's funny. what win stands for. What's important now? Oh, sorry, I didn't even catch that. Right. Yeah, sorry, okay. it's win. Win what's means important what's now. important Got now. It. Okay, and it's and basically the implication is like. You do what you do that week to win that game. Do you think there's a like a, a business proposition to be made for just like being in charge of creating new acronyms for football coaches all over the world? Uh, sign yeah. me up for that. <laughs> that, that, that. I mean, that doesn't sound like arduous work. Well, I, 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 I love my job now. What would but. you do? What would you do for a win? <laughs> for a win? Yeah. I just told you what's important now. Well, no, but if you had to come up with a new one. Um, how about how about for um, let's say. I don't know. Uh, we'll have plenty of offseason shows. T-U-F-F. Tough. Tough? Um, <laughs> I, I was, T-U-F-F. Uh, the... The... Um, un, the... You're, you're going to have to keep this joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, you don't have to figure out the acronym right away. <laughs> you get time to That's ponder. true. That's true. Um, so, so in any event, I, I think the... I, I think this is going to be a tough matchup, in particular the middle of the field. Uh, but I'm trusting the Eagles. I'm trusting their offensive line uh, to hold up, and I'm really trusting their defensive line to neutralize San Francisco the way the Eagles did last year. I think it's going to be close. Uh, the over/under in this game is 48. Okay, San Francisco three-point favorites. I have the Eagles winning outright. <laughs> okay, and I have this game. What do you think I'm going to say? 48 You're going to stick to the 48. Yes. Uh, it's going to be 26-23. 26-23 Eagles. <laughs> uh, Jake Elliott continues. He, he nails another important field goal late in the game. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about Jake Moody. Talk about Jake Booty. He, he might be overcome with emotion from Michigan beating Iowa mm. on Saturday. 
maintaining More like their undefeated Jake record. Jake Booty. Yeah. Big, big Saturday for college football. Big Saturday. Yeah. And, we talked about, and we talked about going to this Christmas festival. And I'm like, do you know the college football games that are on? What is, what's your wife doing talking to him? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's always confusing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I by the way, I see Noah Becker is in the chat, and I know that it reminded me he doesn't like it when it rains uh, mm-hmm. for games. It's supposed to be rainy Sunday, and Brock Purdy uh, apparently um, doesn't really uh, you know like it when it rains either. So uh, I, I have Eagles 26, 49ers twenty three. You guys are really painting me into a picture here. I don't want to. I want this to be like a. a you know, Homer, Homer podcast, just three for no, three. You, you uh, have to give uh, your independent opinion. I didn't make my pick based on what Professor Selman or you were this doing. This is a very good Niners team that's that's coming in here. Uh, if this was a, a neutral field game, you'd have to like the Niners' chances. You know, those things that we talked about, the Eagles coming off the gauntlet that they have been playing over the past several weeks. You know, they've got uh, less rest in this game. They've got injuries to deal with. They're, they're coming off guys playing a ton of snaps. At some point, those defensive linemen are going to have to play fewer snaps. It's probably part of the reason that Fletcher Cox is questionable heading into this game is because he was playing so many snaps in the beginning of the season. Not great stuff, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a rabid crowd. Dana is it's going to be it's going to be a wild one. This is this is the Niners Super Bowl, but I feel like this is the the Eagles home game Super Bowl hmm. of the regular season. This is the game that everybody has been looking forward to. Maybe there's some there's some uh, Gannon love coming. <laughs> Late in, you know, on, on New Year's Eve, but uh, I think this one's going to be wild. And I just like the the mental weakness that the Niners showed in the the aftermath of that NFC Championship game is so hard for me to shake, mm-hmm. knowing that this is a team that reacts that way. That I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna go on vibes here, and I'm gonna take the Eagles uh, winning this game. Don't like that we're going uh, three for three here, but give me the Eagles. Uh, 31-26, and I reserve the right to uh, change my pick on the kickoff show, which you can watch on Sunday right here on the PHLY Eagles show. Dane is, thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time. This was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. You have an open invitation. Well, thank you. Open invitation. Uh, you brought you brought a few outfit uh, choices. I did. Today. I was going to do a costume change uh, during the breaks, but uh, you guys don't really have breaks. Well, no, yeah, we don't. The, it's yeah. the reads. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we don't have yeah. breaks. But this is a big fashion bad. podcast. So. Yeah, no, for you, you to, to come here and, and one up us fashionably. <laughs> I mean, well, it is. It is. It is intimidating to be on with such. Uh, yeah, such fashion. Yeah, what a what a paragon of uh, of fashion, <laughs> he, Mr. Mr. Zach is over here. I, hey, it, don't. Throw hey, it. it's a white shirt <laughs> and a black uh, hoodie. Hey, <laughs> how could you? How could you top that? <laughs> Bo, I'm 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 not going to oh, apologize. Oh, hey, what am I over here? <laughs> we got we got a lot of time before we get to Tommy DeVito. That's going to be a much more fun part of the oh, holiday season. Dog. Okay, we'll, we will get looking there. forward to that part of the season. By the and way, and how do we this, feel this about exhausting. The, how do we feel about the Kelsey like the the uh, the Eagles holiday record having a Dominic the Donkey? I mean, who do they think they are? <laughs> I, don't even know I mean, where you're come going. on, that's that's Den- Denucci the QB. I mean, come on. That's, I mean, that's mine. Stay away from this one. Ask for a little bit of uh, look. You know, come on. Ezio says Zach is looking clean. Thank you, Ezio or Ezio. I appreciate that. I feel like you may have lost him by the pronunciation of that mm-hmm. name, but we'll we'll have to check in on that on Sunday. All right, uh, great show today. I hope, 
I like the bit where you were just reading random Twitter handles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think we should. I think you should make that a daily uh, daily cycle. Ask a question and then just read everybody. Just incredible. Yeah. Anything. Look, the <laughs> anything to make our audience feel as if you're a part of the show and our appreciation for you because uh, big things ahead for the PHLY Eagles show. All right, you heard that from Zach. That's a promise. Okay. That'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We will be back on fr- on Sunday for the kickoff show and the postgame show. Jamie Lynch gets in the saddle. All good stuff. Looking forward to the game on Sunday. So thank you once again to Danez for joining us. Thank you to everybody for watching and for listening. For all of us here, for Bree, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you on Sunday. And as always, we love you. 